When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio it won't surprise uh, too many people, but Manchester City's stranglehold on the Premier League has been validated yet again as they have claimed another title under Pep Guardiola. As other teams come and go, Manchester City has evolved and not stopped winning over the last decade. It's not done for this season either. The relegation zone is uh, looking pretty bleak for Leeds, Leicester and Southampton. Everton may just be clinging to, to safety. And here back in this part of the world, the A-League final has been decided with Melbourne City and Central Coast Mariners winning through without too much trouble over the weekend. Fred de Jong is uh, with us, former all wide, of course, a Sky Sports analyst and footballing man through and through. Fred, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Smitty. How's it going, man? Yeah, damn good, actually. Yeah, real focus on uh, the EPL because, uh, of course, we're uh, into May and or getting towards the end of May, and that, of course, is when it's all decided, and it has been decided in terms of the title. Uh, City, absolutely triumphant again. This is a dynasty, unbelievable dynasty. How much respect have you and how much respect have the football world got for Manchester City? Oh, I think uh, one of the best sides, oh, well, best side on the probably on the planet at the moment, but obviously one of the best sides in uh, in recent memory, going back six, seven, eight years now. Um, you know, uh, ever since the injection of a, a large sum of money out of the Middle East, um, unstoppable, really. Um, it was interesting. I was just going back through looking at because uh, we're talking obviously promotion, relegation, and what the cost of getting relegated is and that sort of thing. But just as an example of budget. Uh, Man City's budget in, say, 2021, £570 million. Everton's budget in that time, at the same time, £180 million. So there's the difference. That's the gap between the top and the bottom um, of the Premier League, and that's from a couple of years ago. So, you know, it's just this... Um, the sort of the, the riches that go with City at the moment are pretty hard to beat. And, um, and I think that's the, um, that's the question for a lot of the clubs um, who are trying to, to, um, to close the gap on them. And we saw this year Arsenal you know, gave it a really good shake. Um, but probably the thing that killed them in the end was the depth in their squad. And that purely comes down to money. You know, how, many, how many really good players can you keep happy um, not playing as much as, uh, as some of the other players. But you need them at the end of the season, and Arsenal didn't have those. And so, you know, finally their, their run came to an end. Fred, is that the same in Serie A, La Liga, etc.? Is, is it all about the money in terms of uh, premierships? Pretty much. Yep, pretty much, I think. Um, I, <laughs> we, um, as, a, as an anecdote, I, um, when I went to Holland, and uh, we, we started out amazingly well the first year. It was like a, a middle-of-the-table team, normally, Fortuna. And um, we, we just happened to do, be doing really well at the beginning of the year. And um, we, we hit the winter stop, which is around Christmas, and we were third. And so we're sitting around at lunch one day, and this naive guy from New Zealand goes, God, imagine if we won the league. And the captain just burst out laughing. <laughs> we're not going to win the league, mate. They'll buy our best players before we do that. <laughs> and oh, really? So, and the man- yeah, absolutely. And the manager said to me, like, if you put, if you put each of the teams 
by budget in a band you have say three bands in the league by and large they'll finish in that band and um and it takes a, a really amazing effort like Leicester did a few years ago where they won the league um to bounce out of your 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 budgetary band um, but by and large that's where you are because that's what that's the level of players you've got so um i mean we you know you, people the the fascination of sport well a lot of it is comes down to how much money you can pull through the door Right, uh, so Manchester City, they win the league. Uh, they've got the FA Cup final, of course, coming up against Man U. And then, uh, of course, the Champions League appointment as well with Inter. Can that, well, obviously they can. Will they win the treble? I think probably the, the, the best chance of anyone upsetting that is Man U in the, in the FA Cup. Um, I think, uh, I mean, we talked last time about. Um, Real Madrid and I thought Real Madrid were going to give it a good, a good shake but um, boy they just blew them away in the second leg Manchester City um, 4-0 uh, and it was the difference between those two teams and, and okay Real Madrid are not playing well in the league at the moment but still you know the, they, they have some very very good players and Manchester City just made them look incredibly ordinary so I can't see um, into Milan, um, putting up much of a, a fight. Um, you know, when when you look at their squad, uh, as an example, even Jekko is their star, basically their star striker, and he's a Man City reject from a few years ago. So the gap between the the English and the Italian league is is quite high. So City will go in as absolute favourites in the Champions League final, and I think um, so realistically, only Manchester United uh, standing in their way. And uh, it would take a, a mammoth effort for, for United to, to upset their cross-town rivals. But, uh, but I think that's, you know, they have some of the talent um, to do that. Marcus Rashford, obviously. Um, Eric Ten Hag has, has put them back in the frame of English football after a few really poor seasons. Um, but, boy, it'll be, it'll be some effort to, to, you know, to upset this Manchester City side who, you know, when you look at it, they've got... They put, when, when they played Real Madrid, they had Mares on the bench, Foden on the bench, Julian Alvarez on the bench. And that's the depth of the squad that they've got. So if things aren't going well, he's got play, you know, Pep Guardiola, who, you know, best coach in the world, has got some real talent on the bench that he can throw on the pitch to change the game up. Right, let's uh, look at t'other end, shall we? Because there's an immense amount of interest here, and that is, uh, there's a big one tomorrow. Uh, Leicester City, um, Newcastle, which is huge. Leicester have uh, a game in hand on the uh, bottom pack, shall we say. Uh, but they're sitting on 30 points. Southampton, done. Go on, uh, they're, they're consigned. Uh, but here we have uh, 30 points Leicester, 31 leads, 33 Everton. That's the bracket. Um, three of the, Two of those uh, sides will go down. One will survive. So Leicester have two cracks at the cherry here, uh, and they have got uh, Newcastle tomorrow, who have had one heck of a season. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think um, you know, tough game for Leicester. Newcastle is still uh, still battling away at the, at the at the top of the table um, to make sure that they, you know, like, you know, they certainly will get Champions League football. You expect they just need a point, um, but yeah, that's they, under Eddie Howe, and again, that's a, a really good example of what what a sudden injection of money in your club can do. Um, but you know, for um, for Leicester, that's a that's a massive game, and you and you think um, that they 
they will struggle to get uh, uh, three points out of that game, but they could snag a, a draw, which would which would bring them level with Leeds and would make the final match day obviously. Um, it's just yeah, a riveting exercise for the three clubs at the bottom, as you say, Leicester, Leeds and Everton. I think it's really important for Leicester that they, if they could get a point, because otherwise they have to win their last game. Um, oh, well, they're going to have to win one of their last two anyway. But, you know, um, they, they, I think if, uh, if they don't get anything out of Newcastle, their goal difference is probably bad... Um, won't help them um, in the long run. So, yeah, so I think uh, for, for Leicester, they need to get something out of the Newcastle game and then they, they definitely have to beat West Ham um, and on the final match day. Um, Leeds up against Tottenham, who are having a horrendous time at the moment. Um, and mm. I think for Tottenham, um, your lot, mate, um, the, the, the problem they have, they're dropping down the table, down to eight now, is players now would be start at the end of the year would start go well do I really want to be here if um, if other if there's other options on the table for them um, for next season so I think that's the that's the conundrum for for Tottenham the slide that Tottenham are going through at the moment um, but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see if Sam Allardyce can work his magic with Leeds United they have to win their last game um, up against uh, Tottenham so you know possible yes. Um, probable, not likely, and I think probably Leeds and Leicester might find themselves uh, in the championship next year. And that financially is uh, huge. You talked about the money before, but um, the difference between playing up there and playing down there, so to speak, in the championship um, is amazingly uh, beneficial to stay. Absolutely. Um, $120, $120 million dollars. Um, it, it costs a club to drop down. They, they, they calculate. So, um, so a few years ago, they, insti- they institu- instituted uh, these, these parachute payments that they, that they call. Um, so when you drop out of the Premier League into uh, the Championship, you, your club, because so many clubs were going, they would fall out of the Premiership and then just keep falling because they'd have to they'd lose all their players. It would be so hard. Um, the FA instituted these parachute payments. Um, so a team that goes down in their first year gets 55% of what they would, would have got previously in the broadcast deals, which, are, which equates to about £45 million pounds, um, in that first year to sort of cushion the blow of getting relegated. Um, and so if you think of a club like Everton's running at about £180 million, pounds, £44 million pounds is a lot of money. Um, and so, and then each year after that, they, those payments go for three years, and each year they get less and less. So unless you get promoted back again straight away, suddenly it makes it very, very difficult um, for for the teams lower down to break up into into those promotion brackets. So, so yeah, it's um, 120 million dollar cost to a club. So it's not uh, that's not chump change. That's right? <laughs> um, no. something no, that keeps not... the financial controller awake at night. Okay, right, let's look at the A-League where the financial benefits aren't uh, uh, quite so beneficial but uh, very important to those those players down under and here we've got um, Melbourne City and Central Coast very comfortably uh, getting through on aggregate. The two best teams in the league make it through the grand final which is, uh, which is nice. I think you know, Melbourne City <coughs> excuse me, completely dismantled Sydney in the second league 4-0. Um, Max Burgess getting sent off after 20 minutes didn't help. 
um, with a, a, a challenge that got upgraded to red from the VAR. Um, but, yeah, I mean, City, <laughs> we talked a lot about Manchester City. Well, Melbourne City, you know, part of the City group, um, is exact, in exactly, exactly the same position as Manchester City. You know, they've got a, a wealth of riches, um, and, you know, they've, they've, uh, they've put together a really, really strong squad um, and are the best team in the competition. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how Central Coast Mariners, who, you know, probably like you, you look at Central Coast and it's a, it's more of a, like you'd say, a community type team. It's a team that sort of bound the community together um, again uh, and has the youngest team in the league. Um, they, they beat Adelaide 4-1 on aggregate, so comfortably through to the final again. Their first final in 10 years, um, the last time they were there, they won it under Graham Arnold. Um, so, so yeah, I think Nick Montgomery at Central Coast Mariners has done, he's done an amazing job with a really young squad. Um, are they going to win it? Uh, the grand final, I think uh, probably Manchester City, uh, Manchester, Melbourne City's a, a step too far. Um, and it's, uh, it'll be an interesting final as well because it's being held in Sydney. Um, because they've sold the, the they've sold the rights to the final to Sydney for um, the next three years, which all the fans were up in arms about, and I'm sure the Melbourne City fans will uh, make their feelings known um, about that decision um, come grand final time. Righty, uh, Fred, we're knocking on the door of the Women's World Cup. I'm not sure I've spoken to you too much uh, about this. Um, how excited are you, are you about the prospect, bearing in mind we as hosts, um, um, we appear to be all at sea at the moment? Yeah, we are. Um, and, I mean, our, the, the football firms have been, you know, on going, heading in the wrong direction for a number of years now. Um, and so I think what the, the thing that's important from, that, that I think is really important is to um, detach the success of the tournament from the performance of the New Zealand team. Um, I think um, Aussie are in a different boat. They have a very strong team. You know, they'll, they'll probably make quarters, semi-finals at least. Um, but I think for for New Zealand, we I think you know it's it's a massive tournament. There's you know, the the US team um, attract like twenty five thousand people to who they're expecting those sort of numbers to come to New Zealand to watch their team. You know, so you think about that from a tourism perspective flights, accommodation, people moving around New Zealand through the tournament, that's, and that's one team. So, uh, so it, is a, it is a big deal, um, the, World, the, the Women's World Cup coming here now. Um, but I th- and I think hopefully people embrace the tournament, not just the performance of the New Zealand team. And I think um, if, we, if New Zealand as a, as a collective can do that, then the tournament can be you know, a super successful event. And also do what the the women's um, rugby World Cup has done for um, female rugby and be a real catalyst for a lot of kids to get involved in the game, a lot of young girls to play football, to play rugby, to play sport, a team sport, which I think um, is is such a fantastic. You get such a fantastic benefit out of playing team sports, and I think uh, so. I think it's really important that the organisers um, take that approach. That it's not. You know the New Zealand team carrying a flag for the competition. It's it's the tournament as a whole because some of the players you're going to see down here are amazing. You know the level of football right at the top end of the women's game is really really good, and I think um, that'll be a huge eye opener. 
to a lot of people. And just finally, Fred, you'll have the inside oil because uh, there must be a, 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 an appointment for the uh, All Whites coach, isn't it, surely? <laughs> <laughs> it's a saga. It's a saga, mate. Come on. We'll have one before the next World Cup. <laughs> oh my god! I think, I think <laughs> he'll get a couple of weeks before the tournament. <laughs> there you go. I'll mate. Tell you what, there's four there's four Super Rugby jobs up for grabs as we speak. <laughs> possibly another one. I mean, who wants to coach this New Zealand sporting team? Please put your hand up. Exactly, man. It just seems it's so. This has been so protracted and and um, and drawn out, and and people have. Have been involved, have been put their hand up, and then put taken their hand down, and and this, that, and the other. So, yeah, uh, I mean, at the moment, it's um, you know, Darren Baisley sitting in the hot seat. Um, he'll get the gig against Sweden and Qatar. Um, but yeah, I, I, it'll be it'll be nice to have that uh, for New Zealand football to get that squared away quickly after this after this next window and um, and get on with it because I think uh, it's not painting anyone in a in a good light at the moment. No, it's not. You're dead right there. Uh, no certainty at all. The All Blacks have got two coaches. There you go. And it's uh, night, <laughs> it <is>, uh, night, <laughs> night 23. Uh, Fred, uh, always great catch up with you. Love, uh, love your insights, pal. Have a terrific week, man. Thank you for your time. Awesome, mate. Cheers, man.